Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> uh, happy Wednesday. Is it Wednesday today? Hell yeah. Are you, are you going to make me second guess it? It's Wednesday, January 26th. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be a beautiful week because next week it's not. So enjoy it. Get out and enjoy it. One degree Celsius in Edmonton today. today uh, <laughs> partly cloudy. We're getting a high of... Zero. Is that what it is? So I guess the highs right now. I don't know. I thought that all week was like zero. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on today, Wayne? Well, closing on a property, hopefully. Oh, is that today? Yeah, that yeah, is that's today. today. Yeah. And um, the topic for today that we that we wanted to talk about is something that um, has come up in a in on the buying side of things for us and the selling side of things for us all at the same time. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird how this is becoming an issue for one of the first times. Um, we'll be talking about estoppel, certif <clears throat> estoppel certificates today. Yes. We're yeah. So strap in, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> Um, estoppel certificates is a document related to, uh, condominiums. So anything condominiumized. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> look at everybody. They're all excited. <laughs> uh, everybody's joining in live this morning. Um, on I the forgot pod. to join. I just joined. <laughs> okay. Um, everyone's joining in live today on the Podbean app. If you're listening to recordings, which I know, a large percentage of you do. Um, you can join in live every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. I always say every morning, but it's Monday through Friday. So don't show up. It's, oh, they're like, oh, I'll just show up on Saturday. And then you know, we're, we're not, not here. here. <laughs> um, Monday through Friday, you can join in at live at 6 a.m. You can call in. There's a call in button. You can communicate through the chat box there. Um, we want this to be as much of a, a morning show as possible just like you know your your radio you know drive time morning show in the morning or on your way home from work um this way you get to interact yeah you get to ask your questions you get to get, get your questions answered for free if you got if you need some advice we'll offer advice yeah uh marriage counseling whatever you name it <laughs> uh what was uh, the most recent um birthing advice yeah um, yeah. Jared Coma accidentally Tax. texted his, his wife. That's, that we that's going to make no advice. sense to anyone who's listening right now. <laughs> it's going to make zero sense to anyone except for Jared Como, who might be listening. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Jared. Um, yeah. So been there, the Kathleen says here on the uh, pod, being, I've been there and done that. Estoppel certificates are necessary for condos. Yes. Yeah. Um, in case you're wondering, estoppel certificates are, um, what you get instead of an RPR. So with single family homes, detached homes, it's normally an, R, it's an RPR, real property report. With condominiums, they have what's called an estoppel certificate. 
I so. never thought of it as kind of the equivalent of that, but you're right. That's 100% what it is. Um, they're totally different. <laughs> yeah. We seem to be buying a lot more townhouses these days, so it's becoming more, yeah. um, more uh, relevant with us. Yeah. Yeah, I think before this, there's yeah only a couple times that we've dealt with it, and it was just because we didn't know it was just part of whatever. Go sign with the lawyer. You look at this random piece of paper and say okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So upcoming events. Uh, obviously, we have um, the real estate investing cabinet retreat next month, February twenty fifth through twenty seventh. That's what we've been talking about on the podcast a lot. If you guys are wondering, yes, um, if you're ready to take your real estate investing. Um, uh, I'm literally reading the intro to, to our podcast. Oh, to, to if you're level. ready to take your real estate investing <laughs> business to the next level, uh, listen to this podcast and then go to the cabin go retreat. To the cabin <laughs> retreat. Um, I, to, yeah, yeah, still, still, uh, you know what, you know, what I'm going to do what I, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to the, the attendees from the last one and I'm going to ask them to do an Instagram live with me. And then I'd like to hear their version of yeah what the cabinet retreat meant to them and what it was it's 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 an experience yeah you know it, that's that's the best way to explain it yeah um because it's everyone's like oh yeah well what are we going to be learning there are we going to be learning about a green for sales no not really we're going to be learning about how to raise capital no not really are we going to learn about rent to own? No, no, a little bit. But not really. But not really. <laughs> well, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's right for me. I'm looking for I'm looking for answers. I'm looking education. to take my, my education to take my business to the next level. Okay. And then they go take courses and they, you know, they never they, do and anything. They never do anything. So or the cabinetry is all little. about learning how to do anything. <laughs> how to start doing <laughs> how to figure it out what it is that you want and then figuring out which strategies best apply then teaching you which how to do that strategy effectively and creating a business around it to get you to where you want to be as quickly as effing possible yeah and this isn't just like like hey what do you want okay let's go get that it's like what do you want why do you want that why are you the way you are what happened to you to make you the way that you are? Like it's, it's deep. It's yeah. like the conversations that happen and the, I guess, yeah, like vulnerability to be able to talk about it. Like these aren't conversations that you're going to have with like really anyone. Yeah. Unless you're like, I don't know. And not just a quick conversation over yeah. an hour. It's, it's a long conversation over three days Yeah. from morning until midnight every single day. We're sleeping in the room just down the hall. Like we are literally there with you all weekend. This is a discussion that's just nonstop. So there's no bullshitting. There's no, you know, you're not going to tell the same story you've been telling everybody for your whole life. We're going to get the truth out of you. And then we're going to figure out why, you know, why it is that you're not able to take those steps out of the comfort zone. What's what's really holding you back? Mm-hmm. Solve it and then do it. So that's what the cabin treat's all about, February 25th or 27th. Um Robbie says on the chat here in the Podbean app, he says, I think immersive is an appropriate way to describe it. Yeah, very immersive. Mm -hmm. Again, it's an immersive experience. Doesn't really explain it very well. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when you leave, you'll have a much better, clearer idea of what it is that you truly do want and how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. And we've been pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and as well, uh, so this Sunday, Sunday, January 30th, uh, we are also doing our investor meetup in Edmonton um, at our townhouse flip. Um, the townhouse just went pending recently. Um, conditions should be up. Well, conditions on date Tuesday. is on or Monday, <laughs> January 31st, the day yeah. after. Yeah. So hopefully they don't book. Oh, we should really reach out to our realtor and let them know. Well, well, he knows. We'll just have to make sure that they don't do a home inspection on <laughs> Sunday. Um, but we're doing an investor meetup uh, there between 2 and 4 o'clock. Now, the tickets for that sold out very quickly. There were free tickets, but we wanted to make sure we had a cap on how many people show up. So we'll offer the same offer that we offered yesterday. Um, if you are in Edmonton and or, or in, in the area and you want to come to this investor meetup, um, you can call in today, anytime during the show. Just call in and tell us you want tickets. And that's it. And we'll give you tickets. So we'll give away um, one pair today. Well, one pair for the for the rest of the week every day. So okay. if that's something you understand. Yeah. So we'll be um, – so this was um, – Wayne didn't really explain the property, but it's our most recent flip on a yeah. townhouse. So we will go over um, – the process of that and some numbers and stuff so that you guys can understand if you have questions about you know any of the uh, materials or anything like that we can talk about that holding and then, cost financing yeah, holding condo cost financing. fees estoppel certificates yeah so yeah we'll answer questions and have a discussion about the um the actual flip itself and then also just like there's going to be a bunch of other investors there mingle network um bring your business cards and yeah hmm. you what? know what I don't know if I've ever noticed Tyler on this early in the morning. Tyler who? Tyler Drew. Tyler Drew. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I know Tyler Drew's been listening. I don't think I've ever seen his name. And sometimes people slip in and I don't see them joining live. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen Tyler joining uh, this early. I think he's normally working. Anyways, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, and welcome everybody else. Uh, on top of talking about Estoppels today, I've also um, pulled up my folder of um lost questions i know that a lot of you guys ask questions from time to time when we get into some deep conversations and you're like oh he never answered my question well i write i i save them um and i've got this little uh this little file of lost souls and uh from time to time when things are slow um if we happen to finish up early today then we will definitely be answering those questions and uh and yeah do we have a question right now i can't tell yes um, and Courtney, I want to know more information, which I'll state in a second here. Um, but Courtney says, if we have time, I have a question about tenants with pets. Our upper suite tenants have a small dog and now our lower suite tenants want a puppy, <laughs> but our upper tenants have some concerns. It's uh, a, what would Gabby and Wayne do kind of question? You know what? I want to answer this right now. Yeah, but, but hold up. So, um, Courtney, can you, I, I'm just curious, I guess, <clears throat> what concerns do the upper tenants have? Um, because I just find that really strange that they have concerns considering they have a dog. Um, is it the shared use of the yard? Oh, oh we have a calling in. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, um, kind of came up last night and we didn't expect there to be any issues because the upper suite tenants have a dog. Um, yeah. but I guess her concerns were around how her dog would respond Mm -hmm. um, and she thought that her dog would become very agitated and she works from home. Both of the tenants are amazing tenants. They've already yeah. been for a year and um, were 
expecting them to renew. So we definitely don't want to lose tenants over this. But um, we have a conversation with both because we're going to kind of, I guess, try to mediate this. She said she would feel better if the dog was smaller and then shared yard. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, honestly, I'm a kindergarten teacher right now a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, first things first, like, she she can't, uh, sh- she can't dictate the uh, terms of... <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Um, and uh, how, how did she find out that the lower tenant wanted to get a puppy? Like, did they I communicate? Told, I or? told her. I told her because they have a shared back entry. Oh, okay. Uh, so I did want to kind of be totally transparent with them. And my text was, just to give you a heads up, uh, the lower tenants are going to be getting a dog. Um, I just wanted you to know ahead of time. And yeah. then it, was, it definitely turned into something I didn't expect. So we kind of deferred the conversation. So we, I was like, I said to Denise, I'm going to call in tomorrow morning with this. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have a conversation with them to, tonight. So, yeah. So the one big thing with um, dogs for me in suited properties where there is um, shared space, whether you said like a en- uh, back entrance, shared yard, uh, whatever it may be, I always tell them like when people are inquiring that have pets and if I already have a pet at the property, I tell them like the one big thing here, yes, we're pet friendly, but does your pet get along with other pets? Because there is another animal on the property. It's a shared yard. Um, We need to make sure that they're not aggressive. Um, You know, like there might be kids there, like that sort of thing. So um, that's one big thing is we don't allow pets if they're going to be a problem getting along with other pets. How do you police that? Um, Well, you, you make it known up front, right? And then if it's a problem, then you can address it. Um, so that's one big thing for me that comes up, but I don't know, like to me, I can see, I can see, I can see where you're coming from that, like, um, you know, you don't want it to become an issue where you lose one of the tenants, but I think you denying the lower suite tenant a pet is as bad as the upper floor person thinking that she's not being heard. A hundred percent. Okay. Do you want my opinion? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to, you're going to, you, you can't win. So mm-hmm. you're going to lose one. And I, I, you know me, I keep things, I keep things super simple. Uh, it's quite clear that you're not going to be able to mediate this unless of course you want to sit them down at a table and talk about everyone's feelings and find a solution. I feel like you, by doing that, you're opening it up another can of worms for more discussions like this and you lose your authority by losing your authority. I mean, whenever they do something wrong again in the future, they're going to want to have a sit down and they're going to treat you like an equal. And I, and yes, I'm, you're not, you're not higher or mightier than they are. However, you know, this is your home. And then I, I, me personally, I need to maintain a level of authority. So when I say something, I know they're going to do it. Um, so <clears throat> it sounds like you risk either losing your authority or you, you, you risk losing one of them and just choose the one you want to lose and, and move on. That's uh, that's me looking at it from a simple, you know, way up here perspective. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We are kind of a little naive. Like we don't have pets. So I actually mm. had no idea that this was going to be an issue. And this is the first suite that we're kind of set up that we could say yes. Um, yeah. So I feel like... <laughs> 
That was a little blind. <laughs> yeah. <that> what, <laughs> what really concerns me is that, you know, one, you had your email on last night <laughs> and then <laughs> it took up, it took up energy from you and Denis, you know, yeah. in the evening. And, and, you know, I mean, like, it's one thing for one time, but like, you know, it's seven o'clock at night, you know, you're supposed to be a married couple. You're supposed to be parents. You shouldn't be dealing with shit like this in the evening. That's why yeah. I hate it. That when I look at it, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be dealing with this. Let's just get rid of one of them and move on because this is, I, this, this shouldn't take any more energy from us. That's my, yeah. that's how I feel. Wait, 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 wait. Can we forget about the pets? Like, why did you have your email? <laughs> I was just going to say we were going to sleep last night and I was like, that was the least relaxing night ever. Oh, yeah, that's it. I hate it. I hate hearing things like that. It's terrible. Yeah, we have some boundary issues. We know, but we acknowledge them. <laughs> yeah, we're really bad for it. But yeah, we, we know it's an issue. <laughs> Um, Courtney, and this might be also slightly irrelevant, but um, when you say that they're getting a puppy, um, like an actual puppy, like a puppy puppy? Oh, yeah. That terrified the living daylights out of me because I'm like, oh, there goes all our baseboards. <laughs> yeah. So normally uh, for me, just because like we've had puppies, like I've had dogs my whole life. I know I know puppies. And to me, like we always say that they have to be over one year. Actually, I don't even know if I told Wayne that I tell people that, but um, we only accept dogs that are at least a year old. And because like the reason for that is like, I don't care how good of a pet owner you are and how experienced you are, like they are going to pee and poop all over your house for a good couple months while they're potty training and are being housebroken or whatever. And then like you said, like you don't know if you're getting a chewer or if you're getting like a scratcher, a scratcher or like whatever, like they have certain personalities that just come out and you can deal with them like as they come but they they start out a certain way so I stay away from puppies for that reason I've just I've I've seen a lot of them I've had a lot of them and those are my experiences okay um but then also the other side of that is that um if you have if it turns out to be a barker like a lot of small dogs are just naturally barkers mm -hmm. then you might have problems where the dogs do irritate each other and then they're barking yeah. at each other and then they're getting stressed out because what's this other dog like wh where's this noise coming from kind of thing yeah um so if you have a an older if they're adopting a dog or whatever then i find that they just like the, the mannerism might be a little bit more established and better so okay. just things to consider yeah, I'll definitely, when we're talking with them, because she did say, she was like, I'm open to like any size dog, whatever works for you guys. I was like, I feel like that's too much of a, yeah, like, <laughs> that's a lot of power on us. I don't want to dictate, but I also don't want to have our house destroyed because it's like a brand new house. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I think that gives me a lot of kind of thoughts and um, mm -hmm. points to kind of bring up. So, yeah, I think that Wayne's right though. Um, to decide which one you'd part with, um, more or, easily, or, <laughs> more readily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just tell, tell, tell the one tenant, um, Hey, you know what? It's a pet friendly place. If they want a dog, you can have a dog. I'll yeah. give you a dog. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to be here policing how, you know, you understand that you're living in a suite of property. This is the things that kind of happen. Plain and yeah. simple. Mm -hmm. If they come back, you just don't answer. One of them is going to leave at the end of the lease. So you can either let them say like, you know, no or yes or 
you know, or just let the one know that's the least happy that, Hey, you know what, if you want to leave, if this isn't good with you, then you can leave. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't make a big fuss about it. Or you just say tough titty. And then one of them leaves it, it, You know what I mean? But like, I would just make a decision let them know what it is and then just end it there. Okay. Not put any more energy into it. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Yeah. Um, how do I put this? Even okay, so your main floor tenant might be a really great tenant, but she, but the way that she tried to just dictate something that you gave her a heads up about, uh, she yeah. tried to insert, um, she she tried to take control of the situation that she had no right to take control of, mm-hmm. and that to me right there says that like what else is she going to try to be in control of when you end up getting a new basement tenant when that happens with us when we have a tenant who tries to insert authority or like you know what i mean like try like when we say no and they start trying to make demands then that's when we're like okay no we are putting our foot down and taking no bullshit and if they leave that's that's okay. Even if they've been a fantastic tenant, the second they start to try to to make demands and insert authority, that's when they're pretty much gone to us. Doesn't matter yeah. how good they've been or how long they've been with us, because we know that's just the start of it. Once they have that foot in, they all of a sudden it becomes ridiculous what what will come up. Yeah. And so to me, just seeing that she tried to do that right there, whereas your basement tenant came to you and said, "Hey." The upstairs tenant has a dog, so I'm hoping that maybe it would be okay if we got one. They came and they asked. They said, you know what? We're willing to whatever kind of dog you want. Like, we're open to small or big. Like, let us know. That, to me, is the proper tenant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind as part of your things you need to kind of think over. (laughs) That in the upper suite is hell of a lot easier to rent out. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Making this decision a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Have a great morning. You as well. Okay. So an apology. Um, Tyler has been tuning in uh, for every day. Um, Where is it here? I've been joining in almost every day for the last couple of weeks. Glad you noticed today, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is that people just start flowing in, and I can only see four names at a time, and I don't click through every single person who joins in. For some reason, you've been hiding in the back of the room um, for weeks. <laughs> also, you're not, you know, you're not engaging. You're not. You know, <laughs> chatting in the chat. You're not calling in. You're not liking the show. You're not contributing to but he's you know, here. The engagement <laughs> and uh, trying to win top fans. So, yeah, you've been hiding in the back of the room. How the heck am I supposed to see you? <laughs> but you can see in the chat there that everybody is clicking through, you know, and doing the engagement thing and trying to win top fan of the month. So <laughs> that's the people that I see. That's the people that I see. Anyway, thanks for joining in live. That, that's fantastic. I'm glad to see that. Uh, Tyler's another uh, Ladushin. Um, a fellow. Uh, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, a fellow a person from Laduc, Alberta. Call them Ladushins. Um, okay, I did save a few questions here, and I, 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 I'm going to save them for afterwards um, so we can get back into the stop certificates. However, there was something someone asked. Oh, Liam asked, how often are the cabin retreats? Is it an annual thing or every couple months? Um, we we book them when we have time. Uh, we filled up the January one very quickly, and then we had other people that were interested in another one right away. 
So that's why we booked the February one right next. But um, uh, probably every couple months. But our our schedule's so busy, and for us to take a full weekend away to spend with our investors is, is a big deal. So. Um, whenever we're able to. I don't know when the next one's proposed yet. We also need to fly in babysitters, which is an added component. <laughs> we uh, we are a family as well. We got a kid. so. Yeah. Um, but you can send us a message or an email at info at reimorningshow.com and get some more information. Um, or just keep staying tuned uh, every week and uh, on the show and we'll give you guys updates. Um, <laughs> Tyler says that's fair, Wayne. I'll take the L. um and he says when he gets closer to town at work he'll call in okay that's good um okay travel certificates um i i was dealing with them yesterday and i was not a happy boy um as i mentioned earlier if you guys are just tuning in now the stopple certificates are, are the equivalent of an rpr uh when you're dealing with condominiums they don't have real property reports. What they have is an estoppel certificate, which it's not the same as an RPR. Because an RPR is, is yeah, it's very different. That's why I said different. like I didn't I'd never made that connection that it's kind of like the replacement for it because they're nothing alike, but it is, it's like the final kind of information statement on the mm-hmm. account to say, hey, this is good to go. An RPR is like a, a um a drawing at scale of your property and all of the buildings um, within it. You can see, you know, your property lines, utility lines coming through, um, sheds, deck, garage, everything. Fence lines. Fence lines, right? And then it'll it'll indicate, um, it talks about permits and stuff too, doesn't it? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's literally just a drawing and it's kind of oh. like a, the lawyer always says to you, does this look right? And like, um, yeah, you kind of need to like, if you notice that there's like a brand new deck, then you're going to want to like see is this the same measurements as yeah. what's on the RPR? If if it looks different, how was there a permit pulled? Like that kind of stuff. It's kind of up to you to verify. Um, but they basically say, does this, yeah, does this look as is? Or it'll say, okay, look, the, the fence actually isn't on the property line. It's in your neighbor's yard, like those right. types of things. Yeah. So uh, what's, what's an estoppel certificate then? So an estoppel certificate for a condominium, um, basically there's, there's kind of two documents that um, I kind of tie into one and, and call it an estoppel certificate. So there's your estoppel certificate and an information statement. And as far as I know, they usually come in together. I know that they're ordered together. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of uh, two in one for me. At least. Right. That's how I see it. And so your estoppel certificate really just covers, hey, this is for this unit on this legal land description. Um, this is what your condo fee contribution is. Um, they're payable weekly, monthly, biannually, yearly, whatever it may be. And um, the con- your, your unit.
Hello? Oh, you can hear oh. us now. Um, that's weird. I think my chair was on my cord, but why would that cut you off? <laughs> that's very weird. Um, so can you hear Wayne and can you hear Gabby? Testing, testing. Somebody give us the yep. Okay. okay. Um, so don't put your chair on top of your cord. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Hopefully it's not damaging the cord. Okay, so we're just gonna uh, we'll rewind uh, to whatever. Yeah. So where did I cut out? <laughs> um, okay. Should I just start over explaining both of the documents? Uh, I would assume let's just just go to estoppel. Okay. So the estoppel certificate. Um, is going to go over what the, um, for that unit, it'll say for this legal unit of yada yada, this is the condominium fee contribution and this amount. Um, it's payable either, um, you know, biweekly, monthly, biannually, or yearly, um, however, whatever they accept for their payments, and um, whether or not the unit is in arrears. <laughs> so if it is in arrears and the condo fees are not kept up on, um, they will tell you how much it's been arrears and how much interest it has accrued. So it really tells you the standing of, of whether the condo fees are up to date, basically. Mm. And then alongside that comes the information statement. So they're usually ordered together. I've always seen both kind of come at the same time. So to me, they're just kind of like a package deal. So you get your estoppel certificate and your information statement. So the information statement really goes over more of like the the management of the complex. Right. So it's going to tell you how many units are in the complex. It's going to tell you, um, <clears throat> again, it'll tell you what your condominium fees are, the contribution there. It will tell you um, that there, whether or not there are any special levies. It'll tell you if the corporation has taken out, has needed to take out a loan. So it'll be kind of like very telling as to whether it's been managed properly or not. Right. Do they need to take out a loan or has it, you know, been covered by condo fees for any repairs? It's going to tell you the estimated owner slash renter ratio, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know, you might want to know for various reasons. If you're an owner, you might want to know that it's a homeowner, highly yeah. a homeowner place and very little um, renters. Yeah. Um, it's going to tell you whether there's any lawsuits or action taken against the corporation. <laughs> Um, That's and, valuable. Yeah. So whether they've been served or whether there's an ongoing lawsuit, uh, it's going to tell you if there's <laughs> any judgments against the co uh, the corporation and if they're liable for anything. So yep. that'll again tell you how well it's been managed. Um, Some of these things you're not going to find within the the meeting minutes. Yeah. During condo doc review. Yeah. Uh, it's going to tell you, yeah, if there's any um, like fines or if there's written demands made on the condo corp um, in excess of 5000 So that's kind of like the, the basic. Is If it's anything under 5000 it could be a disgruntled owner or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've heard stories of, of that in various situations. Um, whether there's any known structural def deficiencies that they have knowledge of. And it's also going to tell you um, as of the date that the information statement is um, prepared, what the reserve fund is at. So, you know, when you're going through your condo docs and your meeting minutes and the, the yearly budget and stuff, uh, maybe the reserve fund study, it'll tell you at that point what the mm -hmm. what the reserve fund is at. But it's not going to be your like literally up to date, up to the date. So you'll get a snapshot of that as well. 
Um, and yeah, that's that's basically the information statement that accompanies the estoppel certificate. So it's kind of your like end of the line, last check before you sign the paperwork. Yeah. 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 So um, this is something that I've, um, I always want to see ahead of time. And it's because the first, one of the first, one of the first townhouses we ever bought uh, in the 11th hour, we, because we didn't know what an establishment it was. It was a private sale. So we filled out uh, the purchase contract. Turns out we used the wrong purchase contract because we were supposed to use the condominium one. We learned a lot during that transaction. And in the 11th hour, um, our lawyer says the estoppel certificate just came in. You know, I think you should have a look at it. And see, what he told me estoppel certificate. He didn't tell me it was the information statement. So I, I, I'm just learning that the information statement is separate from the estoppel, literally, in just in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Um, but what we found out on that transaction was that the there was a proposed special assessment. It hadn't been finalized yet, but it was proposed. And it was proposed that they were going to replace the siding on all 140 units, I yeah. believe. Like that, yeah. So we're doing the math and we're like, oh, that's a big one. That's a really expensive one. So we start talking to the neighbors and they're throwing out numbers like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. They didn't have enough in the reserve to cover that. No, the siding was okay for most of the properties. But what the issue was is because of the wood siding that they had on some of the properties, they were rotting away and it was causing leaking. And they needed to first solve the houses that had the leaking problem. And then they couldn't just, like, they didn't want to replace it with the same wood siding because they're like, it, it doesn't last it's and it's going to have, it's not sustainable. It doesn't have the same we need to have a much better quality siding. Otherwise, this is just going to happen again in the future. That would be a Band-Aid fix. So the, the, those on the, on, on the board, a condo board, which were primarily owners mm -hmm. because they care about the curb appeal. And owners on a condo board are way different than, than rental property owners on a condo board. Yeah. Rental property owners treat it like a business. Uh, homeowners treat it like their home, rightfully so. So they wanted to upgrade it to uh, Hardy Board. And if they upgrade one to 10 units, it's going to look out of place for the rest of the units. So as a group, they decided, hey, we want to upgrade all the siding for all of them. <clears throat> they didn't have enough in the reserve. They didn't want to increase the condo fees because they wanted to do it in the next 12 to 24 months. So what they proposed was a special assessment. A special assessment is um, basically they go out to all the owners and say, here's how much money you owe. Yeah. Pay us within the next couple of weeks. And it is the, one of the most scary things for townhouses, that, it, sorry, condominiums that owners have with condos. Um, what if there's a special assessment? It does happen from time to time with poor management or unrealistic management. <laughs> um, because most Condo owners can't fork out twenty thousand dollars within a couple of weeks. Not always um, <clears throat> that fast. Like in our in that ours situation. was no, it wasn't, wasn't it? No, if I recall, no. Um, so the they were willing to um, spread out the payments, so you can do multiple payments throughout the following year. 
So okay. they just wanted to receive um, like post-dated checks for for those target <clears throat> dates um, to do to put it out in portions. So with this condo, they, what they decided to do was they were going to they got a loan for a percentage of it, a portion of it, mm-hmm. and then the loan payments was going to come out of the condo fees um, over the next period of time. So obviously, condo fees are going to have to go up to to pay off that loan. And then the rem- the remainder is what they asked everybody else. We found this in the, like I said, the eleventh hours, like the day before closing. Yeah. And so we had to go back and renegotiate, otherwise we wouldn't close. Um, and we ended up renegotiating a pretty decent um, price and terms. But uh, you know, that's that's why establish certificates, or as I learn now, information statements, are are so important to me because I don't want ever want that to happen again. You know, it's so easy for someone to find out about something like that to hear it you know, rumblings of um, a special assessments, but they're going quickly trying to sell the property, right? Yeah. Can um, I talk about that for a second? Sure. Okay, so Wayne said there was a proposed special assessment that came up on the information statement. That isn't normal. Normally, nothing hits the information statement or estoppel <clears throat> certificate until it is uh, inked in. I think, sorry, I think it was because it was a known deficiency. Um, because there was something up and there was leaking units. I think that's why, because okay, you maybe. said known deficiencies. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, because normally, yeah, like special assessments won't, won't be on that until they're a done deal until it's happening. So our lawyer was actually surprised that it was on there and said, this is, this is good because otherwise it could have just slipped right through and we would have had no clue. The other thing, the other side of that is that in the residential purchase contract and in, sorry, Alberta real estate law, the owner or the seller is responsible for any special assessment up until the date of closing. So if there's the something existing on the, on the estoppel certificate and information statement up until that day of closing, they are responsible for covering it. Anything after 12 o'clock on that day becomes the new buyer's problem. Yeah. So because it wasn't, because it was um, proposed, it wasn't ne- like th- there was a gray area there. Yeah. So it was really important that we negotiated on it um, and, and were able to come to terms with it because it would have been hard to say whose problem it was considering it was just proposed at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we kind of, it, it was a big crapshoot. <laughs> It all worked out. Um, that worked out very well for us. Um, it could have been a little bit stressful you yeah. know, for someone else, uh, maybe if it was one of their first properties yeah. to deal with something like that. Yeah. Um, also, just recently in the last few um, condominium transactions that we've done, properties that we've bought, um, we've been finding out you know, later down the line that the condominium, the condo fees, are different than what was advertised. Yes. In the MLS listing. In the MLS listing. So the realtor for the seller has been putting down a number on uh, the condo fees on MLS and they haven't been correct. I think what they're doing is just ask the seller, what's your condo fees? And they're like, uh, I think it's this much money. Okay, cool. And they plug the number in. Well, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we've sold a condo, it's been, what are the fees? Here's what the fees are, and then yeah, they never double check. So because of this, 
you know, we've been finding out as we're purchasing that, oh, the condo fees are $30 more than what you thought. Now that affects us, you know, as, as if it's a long-term buy and hold, it also affects us if we're trying to resell this property, right? As a flip, you know, we bought it because the condo fees were an attractive, at an attractive rate, you know, for a buyer we find out there's more that's that's a huge issue so this is one of the other big reasons why i always ask for the established certificate and for the last few times we've been getting it with the condo doc so we've been getting it during the conditions period so i get to look at the established certificate i look condo fees are all good nothing proposed everything's all good there's no levies there's no there's no arrears from condo fees i feel good about this great but then what happened was with this one that we're buying I asked for it during the conditions period, like four weeks ago, and we never got it. And we ended up removing conditions because uh, I was so busy and I completely forgot um, to, that, I, that, I, that I didn't get it. And then, so I asked about it again. I said, hey, I never got that stop certificate. And uh, realtor calls the other realtor and, oh, yeah, yeah, they ordered it. it it's coming. It's coming in a couple of days. They ordered, they ordered a rush. Okay, cool. A few more days passed. Where's the stop certificate? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll text her. No answer. I'll find out when I hear. One more week goes by. Like literally, this has been going on for four weeks. And then on Friday of last week, not what I want to be, you know, handling, not what I want to be dealing with right before my cabin retreat. I'm trying to mentally prepare for a full weekend of talking, right? And getting me in the zone. I'm dealing with this nonsense. And I said, hey, you let them know we're not closing until we get that goddamn estoppel certificate. Because it's like my spidey sense is tingling now. I'm like, why are they, why are they saying that it's coming and it's not coming? Like something's going on. They're trying to hide something. You know what I mean? Um, and I have this weird feeling that we're closing next Wednesday and it's Friday and I still haven't received it. I have a feeling that they're not going to give it to us. But yesterday comes along and I I'm, now I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed. I called the realtor again and I said like, hey, this is this is ridiculous. I need you to call them again and figure out what the hell is going on. Because it's quite clear. They've been telling us, oh, it's in the mail, it's in the mail, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it, it hasn't came. They should have had this thing 12 times by now if they ordered a rush. And so I called the lawyer and I said, lawyer, like, I'm not closing. And he goes, well, you know you have to close technically. I said, yeah. I said, I know. But they can take me to court if they really want to. But I need you to let that other lawyer know. Because if it got this far, the lawyer, their lawyer should have ordered it. My lawyer should have been demanding that their lawyer get it closed. And I said, let them know that if we don't receive it before closing, I am not closing. I don't give a shit. Let them take me to court for their lawsuit. He goes, okay, well, you got a good point there. I mean, you don't have to close. I said, but you got to show some level of authority. Like, otherwise, they're just going to, he goes, well, technically, they can give it to us after the closing date. I'm like, are you kidding me? Technically? He goes, yes, but in the event, and it says this here in the purchase contract, um, the Alberta Real Estate um, Association um, con purchase contract says that, as Gabby said, if in the event there was a special assessment, you know, on or any issues, they would be responsible for it up until twelve o'clock. But I uh, of the closing day. But I said to the lawyer, I'm like, I've had it twice recently where they've been advertising the condo fees are wrong and the condo fees are not accurate. Like, how do I know? How do I verify that? And you know. You could argue, well, they'd be responsible for the condo fees for that year because they misadvertised it. But what about next year? You know what I mean? It, it, it's not right. We should be receiving that. So 
Um, lawyer said, I would definitely implement a new practice of asking for the estoppel certificate before you remove conditions. It should be your new practice. And so we are. Um, <laughs> and this, and, and Gabby was saying at the very beginning of this show that, you know, this is something we're dealing with on a buying side and a selling side. Ironically, we, we currently have a pending offer on our townhouse. And uh, our realtor says, hey, can you send the establishment? Can you send the condodocs and establishment again? So, you know, we have, we need a new copy of estoppel, obviously, because it needs to be up to date. So, you know, we get the, we get the condodocs all organized. And Gabby goes to order an establishment certificate, and they say, no, your lawyer has to order it. I'm like, why the, why the heck? Because we've, we've ordered establishment certificates before, mm -hmm. right? Did they say why you weren't allowed to order it? Um, so I was, I was allowed, um, there was just, yeah, there, um, it, it turned out that actually we were having a bit of miscommunication, uh, apparently okay. <laughs> at the end of the day. So I could have ordered it, but, um, they're, they're used mm -hmm. to dealing with, yeah, the legal counsel ordering those documents and stuff. But what I found very out, interesting because I thought it would be the opposite. Yeah. Well, what I found out, considered. what I found out in the process is that, um, like you had kind of made mention to it earlier, or maybe it was I who did, but um, <laughs> it was all I who did. Um, <laughs> the information statement and the estoppel, so we talked about how the seller is responsible for anything up until 12 o'clock on that day. It's normal for the, the management company to not issue it until the morning of because it is the most up-to-date to that day information on the state of the condo corp and of your unit. That's horse crap. But it, it's literally because they're responsible up until that date, right? So yeah. it's normal for them to issue it that morning to the selling lawyer who then yeah. sends it to the buying law lawyer to review and then to say, okay, we're all good. And then to release the money and release the piece. Yeah. Um, so that is the, that's the typical, the normal, what most lawyers will say is the process. However, if you want it earlier, you can request it earlier. Um, but then you may run into, you know, something happening in between type of thing. Right. Yeah. I, so I it's kind of, it's like, it's a, a bit of a weird one. <laughs> well, I can see it from both perspectives because mm -hmm. I want it. I want to know before I commit to it. Yeah. So I, I learned this yesterday as well because I was getting so frustrated. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go and order this, this myself. I went to the management company. Now we're like, now we're a day, day behind, before. Yeah. day before closing. And I'm, and, and I'm just stressed out because I got a tenant buyer who's moving in um, today. They're going to, they're getting the keys. And it's just like a whole thing that like, it's not just me. Otherwise, I'd, I'd just, I'd delay it. I wouldn't not close. I would just say delay until I get it, right? I can yeah. do that. Because of the fact that I've got a tenant buyer moving in, it's just more complicated. And I want to make sure that they stay happy. Um, so when I, when I put the order in on their website for the established certificate, I ordered a rush. It was $315. I'm, I'm fuming that I'm paying for this. And uh, I got an email from the management company and they said hey and i put in the note they said um sellers are douchebags i need this today <laughs> i'm paraphrasing <laughs> it was much more professional um please 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 if it's possible get it today if not tomorrow i know it says three-day rush and so the woman got back to me and said hey 
just want to let you know we're probably not going to get that to you today, but we'll. I see the closing date is tomorrow. We'll have that to you by closing date. And I said, okay, thank you. And I said, um, we've been waiting for this for four weeks. Um, I don't know what's going on, but we're just really stressing out about this. We've never had an estoppel certificate come this late. She responded back and saying, actually, I can confirm that they have ordered this estoppel certificate. And um, please let me know if you need me to cancel this. You're ordered. I responded back and I, I said, uh, can you tell me when they ordered it? Because they've been telling me that it's coming and it's in the mail for weeks. And this is like, if that's the case, and, I, and it is indeed coming tomorrow, or they have ordered it, then then I won't bother with this order. I'll save myself the 300 bucks. And she responded back and said, yes, they did order it, but we don't typically release it until the, the day of the closing day. You can imagine how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> that I've been losing my mind over this for four weeks to find out it's the management company that's not getting it. The management company releases it on the morning of the closing day to the seller. The seller sends it to their lawyer. Their lawyer sends it to our lawyer. Then I get to review it and determine whether it's good and whether we release funds. Then there's a period of time that funds need to be released to the spot seller's lawyer before we get keys. Is, is it just me or is that just completely ridiculous? <laughs> Why wouldn't they? I get it now. Now, with a little more yeah. context, I understand they want to give the estoppel service as of the day of, yeah, that you. But for me, I'm like, how do I? This do is important my information. Diligence? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually quite angry yesterday until you, you just shared that with me, and that makes total sense now as to why they're waiting until the day of. Yeah. But at the very least, send me an information sheet. Yeah. Oh my God. The, like the rabbit hole that I went down yesterday to, because, because we were, like I said, on the buying and selling end of this estoppel certificate fiasco. Um, I started going down a pretty big rabbit hole yesterday and I was actually chatting back and forth with Calvin quite a bit throughout the day because mm -hmm. he's like, no, like I, I swear we always get it during like condo docs. And I don't know why these management companies aren't releasing the estoppel certificates. Like what's going on? So I was reading through like the entire purchase contracts, all of the sections, like the estoppel certificate isn't no, isn't mentioned in the closing, um, in the closings section. Mm -hmm. It's not noted in the condo docs, um, condition section. I'm like, where is the damn estoppel certificate? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but after several conversations with the lawyer, the management companies, reading the contract, uh, conversations with Calvin, like, yeah, I, I kind of wrapped it all up into, oh, okay, this is what's happening. So here's our summary. And this is what we're going to implement in the future. And then this is something you can definitely implement as well. I feel that the information statement is essential when making a decision in my opinion at least because of the times that i've been burned if you're okay with the condo fees being off by 20 bucks then don't bother it's, it's okay um what i would rec what i would recommend is that if you want the establishment certificate yourself order it on your own within the conditions period and when they're asking what the closing date is say it's tomorrow no <laughs> No, you can you can get it ahead of time. It, that's a thing. Well, this this management company I dealt with yesterday doesn't matter if you ask. The three day rush is in the event that your closing date is within three days. Otherwise, 
you pay normal fees, they release it on the day of closing day. So you need to put closing day as tomorrow or whatever, or four days from now. So that way they'll actually send it to you. Otherwise, they'll wait until your closing day. So you do have to. I mean, it's going to be different for every condo management company. Yeah. But you can do that. Or what we've done in the past is reach out to the, the management company. Mm-hmm. Give them a call. Gabby does this a lot. She'll call them and be like, hey, I'm thinking about buying this place. Um, are you an owner in this place as well? And they'll say yes or no, whatever. Um, and just ask. What's going on? Has there been anything proposed? Yeah, so I actually asked for um, the board. Um, the um, like normally there's somebody either on site or like the main person who kind of like the the president of the board or whatever yeah. who's also. So I've asked the management company for um, their information and have called them directly and talked to them. Um, yeah, so they're an owner; they know what the hell's going on. They're on yeah. the board. <laughs> Or if you walk around the, the parking lot long enough, someone, someone will come out. <laughs> someone will come out and you say hi and like, hey, I'm thinking about buying a place. Can you tell me a little bit about it? If they're like, oh, I'm just a renter, then just wait for the next person. <laughs> but uh, every single time I've done that, I've always managed to meet one of the board members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they're looking out for their complex. They're the ones they're that one are looking out the window, around, just like you know, <laughs> trimming the grass with their scissors. And, you know, they take great pride in the place. So. Um, I'd recommend doing either of those things, but um, hopefully this gives you a little more, you know, a better perspective into how to do your diligence properly for condominiums. I, I'm still, I don't, I'm not wrong very often. <laughs> I was wrong yesterday. I think that's what's rattling me the most. <laughs> I've been, I've been well, doing think, this a while. I think the fact that you just were like so angry about the entire situation and that like it wasn't making sense and that nobody was like, Everybody was just like, yeah, it's it's on its way. But like nobody would say what was actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the most frustrating part. So then to find out that it's just like a normal thing, it's like, why didn't anybody just say that? Exactly. <laughs> couldn't anybody have just said this is normal procedure? You'll get it on closing day? And I know. then you can question it and be like, why can we not just get it now? And then maybe we could have. <laughs> Wasting so much of my energy. As you, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys are getting this by now that, I don't like putting any energy. I don't like wasting energy, yeah. not time, just energy. Like it's, it's taking up space in my mind that is preventing me from coming up with cool ideas and I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I accidentally uh, did that. Yeah, we just looking at my screen. I made a mistake. Um, okay. So I'm going to do some rapid fire. Um, I'm going to do some rapid fire question answering from everyone that I've gotten here in the last little while. I'll focus on today first. Um, This is a question from yesterday um, that we got live on the show. Annette asked, can anyone suggest a great accountant? Wayne Herbert, the second best Wayne in Edmonton. (laughs) Um, Fantastic uh, real estate accountant. Um, I think I've talked about him before. my my business is extremely complicated. I use a lot of different creative strategies. Um, it is not your cookie cutter real estate investment portfolio or business. And when I explained to him the Cliff Notes version of what's going on, he figured it out and had a tax plan figured out yeah. like that. So he made it. He made something super complicated very simple. He's got my respect because yeah. he made it simple. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. 
Um, Corey says today, speaking of not relaxing, anyone else's property is getting any flooding and leaking from the recent thaw. Basement tenant in one of my fourplexes with a bedroom full of water. Mm. Yikes. Um, it sounds like Wilson's dealing with it as well. I mean, that's um, here's what I learned from a home inspector years ago. Uh, houses are not built like boats. And it was just, it was a great way of explaining it. They're not built like boats. You know, if, if water's coming into your foundation, you know, don't, don't hate on the builder. It's just, they're not built, you know, to be airtight. I mean, they're a lot more airtight than they used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not built to be that way because they're not built like boats. So the importance of, you know, rerouting water, whether that be the grading, whether that be the, um, uh, the eaves trough, everything, you know, making sure that's the, um, what do you call it? <laughs> I'm doing, um, charades with Gabby right now. <laughs> um, making sure the spouts, the spouts, oh. <laughs> you know, the word spouts, uh, the spouts are directed away from the house. They're actually down sometimes, you know, the, the spouts are, you know, they run in front of a, a fence and, and so the tenants put it, you know, they, they put it up and then, you know, start, things start thawing and then the water just stays and pools around the house, pools around the house and there isn't proper grading. Even with proper grading, the water just sits there, comes down the side of the foundation, you know, and it finds a way in, whether it be a window well or whether it be just a, a small crack or, you know, foundations can be a little porous as well. Um, it's going to find a way in and then you're going to have issues. So Make sure you, you, you're, you're being proactive and keeping the water away from the house as much as possible. Make sure that you are not shoveling the snow in the yard or your driveway at the house. Shovel it away from the house because if there's giant piles next to the house, it will melt and seep through and it's not built like a boat. So um, I'm, not, I'm not pointing my finger at you, Corey. I'm just saying in general, um, that's terrible, by the way. That sucks. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the, the best thing to do is to make sure that, you know, you're clearing your gutters um you know before winter as you're winterizing to make sure that when things do start melting you don't have any pine cones or any you know leaves and stuff that are blocking your gutters um, mm -hmm. and it's all direct away from the house and, and you got to keep an eye on it too during this time yeah and even um like when we get random milk like like we have when it goes from minus 40 to plus 10 like suddenly and everything gets all melted and watery it you might want to send a quick email out to your tenant and say, hey, can you guys make sure that the downspouts are put down? Because a lot of people put them up mm -hmm. uh, when winter hits and they don't put them down until the spring. So if they're sitting up and everything's melting um, off of your roof and whatever, then it is literally dropping right at your foundation. Yeah. So send out that email and say, hey, can you put your, your gutters down or your downspouts? Um, make sure that they're all down. Um, so that's something that you can do as a preventative. Um... Denise says, ice has stopped a lot of water from leaving the property. We've had this at one of our units. Um, Corey's doing some landscaping this summer. Uh, Denise, they cleared the ice and drained the pool next to the foundation, and the water stopped. Set up fans for a few days, and it will dry. Yeah. Um. Back to the estoppel certificate, Kathleen said, when I was trying to sell my condo, I got my estoppel certificate at the beginning of the selling process. Yeah. yeah I would have appreciated that. <laughs> um, we are right at uh, 
seven o'clock. However, I want to answer one more question and I'm going to try and answer it quickly. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Leo that I found a distressed property in Calgary and an uninhabited former grow up. Does anyone have experience with former grow ups? Now, I will add, this will be Leo's first investment property. <laughs> yeah, Gabby's not laughing at you. She's laughing at it in general. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a big one for your first property. But it depends if um, it's been cleared by Alberta Health Services. It depends on what was being done in there. Um, if it's just a mold issue, then you, you send a mold remediation company in there to, to clean out all the sections of mold, um, treat whatever needs to be treated. Um, if it's like if there's some on the foundation, um, they put fans in industrial size fans they get it all cleaned up and they say it's good to go if there was some dangerous drugs they made in there sometimes um well I, I, it depends on if if the police or alberta health services knew about it and if is it shut down is it fenced off um, i think when he said uninhabited i think that's what he was referring to well <clears throat> Let's say, for example, we had a tenant that started, you know, growing plants in the basement and we found out about it. Um, that's a grow operation, right? Yeah. And then the we extent. then we kicked them out, but there was a little bit of mold issues. You know, we never called the police or anything. Uh, this isn't us. I'm just saying hypothetically. Um, and then it was empty. And then, you know, you go to buy a property and someone asks about the mold and someone says, oh, they were growing marijuana in the basement you know what i mean like it doesn't it hasn't reached alberta house services right so it's i'm curious about um you know at what state because if it were dangerous drugs then typically alberta health services would would make it uninhabitable mm -hmm. or not habitable um and that's why like when he uses the word uninhabited i he says it's not it's not fenced so it obviously hasn't been totally shut down uh, where can I get more info about what drugs or if it has been cleared? Well, you don't want to raise flags. <laughs> well, mind you, you do. You want you want to know um, since you don't own the property yet. You want to know. You can call AHS. Yeah. Um, and ask. I forget what kind of like department of AHS it is. Um, I feel like they would be able to send someone down there to inspect it, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So we did buy a property once that was fenced off and was uh, deemed uninhabitable by Alberta Health Services. Um, it was a, um, they found fentanyl and equipment used to produce fentanyl. And what needs to happen is you need to hire a specific remediation company that deals with that, like industrial cleaning. They go in with hazmat suits. They scrub the whole place down. They scrub the vents because any small trace of fentanyl can be extremely dangerous to the, to the you know, to the to a, a particular person. So they need to make sure that it's, you know, you're very, very, very careful. So they scrub that place, yeah. floor to ceiling, in the vents, everything. And it costs about $30,000 to do that. And then AHS wants to see that. Alberta Health Services, for those of you not in Alberta. They want to see that before they remove or lift the the order, the order on it, and then you're allowed to 
you know, go back inside. Uh, until then, they board it up. They put fences around it. No one's allowed to be in there unless it's the remediation company. Um, Ryan thinks that there's a website that lists AHS closed houses. I'm not using the right terminology. Um, I would Google the address. I would call Alberta Health Services and say that I've heard that this was a drug operation. Can you confirm? Uh, that's a good point. If you Google the address, if it has been shut down, there that's public mm. records, so it should come up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's one thing we found out. Yeah. Um, Corey says a friend of mine in Calgary had a tenant that the cops raided his condo and found 850k worth of drugs. He is still dealing with it and likely will be for months. Not in his control anymore. Yeah. Um, it just seems like. If this is your first rental property, you have a million things that you need to, you know, learn and experience with your first rental property. Going through this on top of that will be extremely overwhelming and it might yeah. take away from, you know, it might just be a little too much. I always say just buy your first property, just get it over with, you know, and keep it simple. You can learn all those basic things about like, you know, why didn't I get the estoppel certificate? You know, how come the RPR shows the, the fence line there and the deck is two feet too big? You know, those kind of things. There's so much, so much you need to learn. And then also finding tenants and everything else. So yeah. I would recommend avoiding it, but um, just me personally. And then take on a bigger project like that, you know, when you got a little more experience. Yeah. Um, but everything that we listed, if you do decide to go forward, uh, everything we listed is, is the proper practice. One thing I'll just add to that is that if it is a traditional like marijuana grow up, that you, you might be in like way over your head because um, the moisture that comes out of those types of operations means that like literally you could, there could be moisture and mold throughout the entire house. It goes into the vents, it goes into the rafters, it goes into everything. So it's, it, it can be a crippling effect mm -hmm. if the, if it wasn't like a, a professional <laughs> type of like grow up situation which normally if it's in a house it's not <laughs> or or perhaps maybe you bought it at the wrong price and because you bought it at the wrong price now it's no longer a good deal anymore yeah. you don't know what you don't know this is what is, is, is what it's summing up to be yeah um but it's, it's fantastic that you're looking at it this is good mm -hmm. and this is a good conversation uh yes a neighbor said there was a lot of water dripping yeah <sighs> I, I would just avoid it on away. the first one yeah that's, that's that's just a friend looking out for a friend mm -hmm. um Unless you're planning to tear the thing down, I'd, yeah. But again, that's a big project for your first project, for your first deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm. You can hear the the the, the hesit, um, how hesitant I am in my voice, and that's like something I wouldn't want to be dealing with. It comes down to energy again, right? How much energy do you want to put in this? Is it really worth it, or is it better to find something turnkey for your first property? Mm -hmm. um, anywho. We are seven minutes over. Hopefully this is valuable today, guys. Um, hey, share the show. Let your friends know. And oh, okay. Um, I know that all everyone listening live is listening on Podbean. I know some people all li listen on iTunes as well. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get people to rate and review on iTunes? Mm -hmm. iTunes is the, is the, mo is the biggest uh, podcast platform that Spotify is too. But iTunes is the only one that allows you to rate and review and and the rates and the ratings and reviews are what determine how the search rankings, how, how you get ranked in the search. So people subscribe in, they're rating it, but they're not leaving reviews and stuff like that. Um, 
in order for us to reach more investors, people have to go subscribe, rate, and review. And it's a very, very simple process. You just go there, you click the five stars, and then you write, Wayne and Gabby are great. Thanks so much. Super simple. 30 seconds. Um, I've been, we've been sitting just under 100 reviews for like the longest time. doesn't matter how many times I ask people to do it. They're like, oh yeah, I'll do it later. And then they don't do it. So it would mean so much to us if you would. Um, we do this every morning for free. Um, so if, if that's the one thing that you can do for us, that would be fantastic. We can reach, reach more listeners and, um, and obviously increase our, our rankings, you know, on the search. Other than that, we will see you guys tomorrow and have a great day. Happy hump day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 